our announcements today. All right, you may be seated this morning. Elena is going to do our announcements today. There you go, young lady. All righty. So Saturday night's freeway night from 530 to... to uh, Saturday night's freeway from 530. There'll be dinner and service. And then on Wednesday nights, of course, we have dinner at 6 p.m. Classes start at 645. Families and young adults. And then the prayer team meets at 6 o'clock. And then, of course, we have men's and women's Bible study on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. And then also men's discipleship starts at 4.30 if you want to come to that ahead of time. And then also grief share started back up the first of Thursday in February, I think. But it's like those lessons that you can just kind of come in at any time sort of thing. So you don't have to have previously come. You can just come in and go with it. And then women's coffee this week is at Prickly Clactus at 8.30 a.m. on Monday. And then we also have the women's retreat. This is the last day to sign up for it. So if you've been thinking about it, this is your last date. March 17th. Oh, March 17th. There My bad. My bad. <laughs> March 17th is the last day to sign up for it. If you have questions about it, talk to Valerie. And then there's, we're going to postpone the business meeting until Mike gets back so they, the elders can have a chance to talk and stuff. So that's going to be a few more weeks out. And then we also, today is, you know, is Youth Sunday. So there's going to be a lunch and dessert and auction to follow. So if you want to support our youth and me, then. Um, <laughs> me. Because <laughs> I am a youth. But you can stay after and we'll have an auction. There's a whole bunch of desserts and different boutiques have, a, like, auction stuff off. And that's about, that's about what I'm interested in. I don't know what else is going on, but <laughs> there's boutique stuff. <laughs> And then we also have men's prayer, men's prayer breakfast on March 16th. And then church softball starts sometime. It started sometime. Where's Tommy? Yeah. March 25th? Next, next practice. First practice is next Sunday at 4 o'clock where? At the Rotary Park. Okay. How many of you had signed up so far? You got a team? Okay. Are they good? Okay. Calling you out. Good job, Crossbridge. <laughs> I mean, he's the manager. It, if we don't win, Tommy's brought into elders meeting, right, Tommy? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I have problems, and one of them is I'm too competitive. Okay. All right. And there's also a garage sale to support Freeway Ministries and at Jamie Broman. Jamie Broman. So let's, sell, let's really sell this. So. Some ladies in the church have got together and decided, hey, we want to raise some money for Marshall Freeway. We're going to have a garage sale. The garage sale is the address is where? 134 South Walnut. South Walnut. So if you have uh, items you want to donate, take them by Jamie's house. The garage sale is Friday and Saturday of this week. Um, and so bring stuff and ladies have fun selling. And yeah, appreciate you guys doing that. That's awesome. And then also start bringing in candy for the kids' class. They're going to have an Easter egg hunt on Good Friday. So you can start bringing in candy for that, so you can watch them run around and get candy. And we'll be announcing that more. That's <laughs> yeah. right. We'll be announcing more about um, Easter. Easter, you know, always you always think of Easter. It's like in April, not this year. Uh, it's at the end of this month, and so we'll have a Good Friday service. We'll announce the times on that. And there's always an Easter egg hunt right after the Good Friday service. Are you doing it before or after? 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 Okay. So there'll be an Easter egg hunt for the kids after the Good Friday service. I don't know if you've never been to the Good Friday service. It's, uh, it's one of the most, I don't know, just special 
services of the year because it's the day that we really look back and remember, which we should every day, church, but look back and remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so that is, it is, uh, we take communion, today's family Sunday, so we'll take communion today, but we'll take communion uh, on the Good Friday service and and then we'll, on Easter morning, I'll, we'll have the times for that, but we have a sunrise service uh, for Easter morning. And then after that sunrise service, during the sunrise service, the men of the church are downstairs cooking up this huge breakfast. And then we'll go downstairs and eat breakfast, and then we have Sunday school at 9 and worship at 10. But I'll announce all those times next week. So, But the candy, right? Um, we're, we're, it's very important we don't forget this. Yeah. Where do they need to bring the candy? To the pastor's office. Oh, yeah, to the- <laughs> Not to the Just pastor's <laughs> office, because we won't have to. Bring all the candy to the elder's room, and we'll make sure it gets to Savannah, okay? All right, yeah. So. Even if you don't have kids that are in it, I just dare you to bring, like, as much candy as you can put in a cart. Like, yeah. <laughs> why not? She's selling, she's selling this thing. You want a job as a sales rep? Because you're good. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Any, anybody got, you have anything else? Hold on. Now you got to ask. You got to say, does anybody else have anything else? Don't let her off the hook. I mean, somebody. All right, all right, all right, good job. Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up the morning offering, and we'll have our time of worship. I'm excited today, church, because after after uh, our worship time, we're going to have a baby dedication, and I love doing that. So uh, if, if you be thinking about this, if you have a, a child, an infant that you want to dedicate to the Lord, it's you're going to get to see what that looks like, and it's a, it's a, a great thing. Uh, inside the church. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that uh, we're here this morning. Lord, I'm th- so thankful for these, these youth. I want to call them kids, but they're young adults. And Lord, I'm, I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for their leadership. Uh, boy, they are, um, they're amazing. They, some of them help lead worship every week. And uh, th- we just have some amazing young people that go to this church. And I'm thankful for that, Lord. I'm thankful for their parents and their families. Uh, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for today. I'm excited to... Uh, to dedicate Charlotte, Lord, and, and uh, to be able to support our youth this morning. And as we in our time of worship, we give back to you, God. I just pray that you use this to further your kingdom, Lord. That, is, that should be the focus of everything that we do here is furthering uh, you in our community and around the world. So, Lord, we love you this morning, and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
And the one that's holding the baby to come on up here. Oh, no, you got the baby. Come on up. <laughs> she says, I'm passing it off. Uh, this is an exciting time. Uh, and you can turn in your Bibles. Turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want to read a passage here. So what we do, church, is there's going to be a, a charge that I'm going to read uh, to Andrew and Hannah about their daughter, Charlotte. And then there's going to be a charge that I read to you. And, and what it is, and this is, we should take this very, very serious. When I read this charge of the church, don't answer unless you're serious about answering. Because it, this, is, this is very, very serious. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Here's the passage I want to read this morning uh, before we do the charges. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words I command you today be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. This is a charge that, he is, that Moses is giving to the nation of Israel. He's saying, hey, look, here's the deal. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And, he, and, he should, and he's saying that has to be the most important thing in your life. And teach that diligently to your kids. When you're at home, when you're away from home, when you're standing up, when you're lying down, which means what? All the time. Literally like all the time. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning in, a, in another passage but because uh, it is you Sunday. But So Aunt, Andrew and Hannah have come forward today before God and his people. And here's a question. Do you hereby declare your desire to dedicate Charlotte to the Lord? Having come freely, I ask you now that you enter into the following commitment in the presence of God and His people, so that Charlotte may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers. Do you, Andrew and Hannah, vow by God's help and in partnership with the church to provide Charlotte a Christian home of love, peace, and to raise her in the truth of the Lord's instruction and discipline and encourage her to one day trust Jesus Christ as her Savior and Lord? All right. Church body, she's a cutie, and she loves this mic, by the way, if you all didn't figure that out a minute ago. So church body, here's the charge to you. So that Charlotte may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers, do you vow by God's help 
to encourage through praise and correction Andrew and Hannah in their effort to raise Charlotte to fear the Lord, to uphold them in prayer, and if anything should happen to Andrew or Hannah, to assume responsibility in helping her receive our Lord's guidance and instruction. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning uh, for this couple, uh, Lord, and that they have come and, and wanted to present their daughter before you and before the body and, and to make commitments in your presence, God, that they're going to raise her uh, in a Christian home, that, that, they're, that Andrew's going to show her what a Christian husband looks like, what Hannah's going to show her what a Christian wife and mother looks like, and God, that they are going to raise her to, to trust in you and, and uh, give her instruction. And Lord, that's an amazing thing when people make that commitment in front of a local body. And we as the church, God, have made a commitment to help them and support them in the good and the bad, in everything. Uh, to, to teach her when she's here, to teach them, to disciple them, uh, that they will be discipling her. That's a lifelong process. And so God, I pray for them this morning. This world is evil, Lord, and, and uh, Charlotte is going to grow up in an evil world. And so, Lord, I just pray that uh, a prayer of protection over her and all of our kids here this morning. As they grow up, uh, God, that they keep their focus on you, that we keep our focus on you. You are the most important thing. That we talk about you when we're at home and on the road. Everywhere that we go, you are on our lips. Your, our praise of you is on our lips. And everything we do this morning, including this dedication, God, we, we give you the praise and glory. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Congratulate them. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. So we got a, a little bit of abbreviated sermon this morning. So if you would, turn in your Bibles and stand with me as we read God's Word together to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We are going to be in verses 1 through 5 this morning. Second Timothy 1. Let me get you a mic. There you go, bud. Second Timothy 1, 1 through 5. And hold, introduce yourself. Tell these folks who you are. I'm Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers. And so normally we have one of the male leaders in the youth that's older, that's setting an example for the other believers, the other youth, to come up here and be the spokesperson. This is the man. This is the man. Paul, an apostle. Pardon me. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. As I rem remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be feel filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. Now I am sure dwells in you as well. Right, you want to pray for us? Uh, sure. Okay. Dear God, I thank you for today and that um, we all get to come here and freely worship you, God. I pray um, that you guide us all and that you bless us all with your love, God. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. You want to preach sermon? Okay, give him a hand, give him a hand. All right. One day, possibly, he will be. All right, you may be seated. 
All right, so as we, uh, as we celebrate our youth this morning, I am very thankful today for our youth and what they mean to this church. And, and uh, they're already, like I mentioned earlier, serving in positions of leadership within the church. And, uh, and, and I picked this passage for a reason. Well, let, me start, let, me, let me finish this. I'm very, very thankful. For years and years and years, Joel and Shelley uh, led our youth, and they were faithful in leading them and, and doing ministry with them. And just here recently, within a month ago, is when they turned those keys over, and they're still a very active part of our body. So I just want to recognize Joel and Shelley this morning and all their work that they did with you. So thank you guys uh, for that. And I don't, I think Sierra and Kyle are probably uh, running around like chickens with their heads cut off this morning doing stuff. I'm not sure where they're at, but I want to recognize our, our current youth leaders and what they're doing and this morning. And it's, uh, I, I have done these, these uh, youth events in the past as I was youth pastor, and it's not easy. There's a lot of work and a lot of planning, and, and so I'm, I'm very, very thankful for them and, and what they're doing for our youth and their, their teaching. And so, uh, so make sure you tell them that today when you see them, that you appreciate them. Uh, and, and you care about them. So um, th- this letter, uh, Timothy, Paul is writing the young preacher, Timothy. And Tif- Timothy is going to be going and literally planting churches all over. And, and he gives them all sorts of instructions in his letters to him. But one thing that really, really jumps out here uh, is, what does he say? He says in verse, in verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. Listen, Timothy's faith did not happen by accident. And so this morning, this is going to be a really practical sermon. There's going to be, uh, I, I really wanted to do this for Andrew and Hannah also, because they've come wanting to dedicate, they dedicated Charlotte to the Lord. Now, this parenting process, and I'm not done with it, and a lot of us in here, we're, we have a pretty young congregation. We have a lot of people have kids, we have youth. So this is going to be a really practical sermon on, hey, how can I raise my kids to love the Lord, like this charge in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I think the first thing we have to recognize is that children are not a burden. Uh, children are not, yes, there are times where your hair will fall out because of your kids. Not, not really. My kids didn't cause my hair to fall out. But they, they're, they're, you know, it's not easy being a parent, right? But children are not, um, you know, you hear, I've heard some parents just talk horrible about their kids and that they wish they didn't have them. Now, that's not what the Bible says about children. In Psalms 127.3, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb. So we should be very, very blessed that we have children and that we have youth at Crossbridge and we have uh, a big children's department at Crossbridge. And, and we should, listen, they are just as much a part of the body of believers as anybody else here because we are teaching them. And so we should never despise kids. I'm sure maybe you weren't ornery as a kid. I was extremely ornery as a kid. I could tell you stories. I mean, I know that no kid has done this, but we used to play baseball every Sunday night in front of the church. And we were told, don't play baseball. So most of the time we'd play football. But I was probably Hunter's age, and I was up to bat. And the church I grew up in was an old building. In fact, it's the oldest uh, church in Webster County. And it had really pretty old 100-year-old windows. And I'm up to bat, and James Buckner, if you don't know, I call him Jay. If you don't know Jay Buckner, Jay Buckner threw a fastball, and I drilled that thing right through a window. And the preacher comes walking out holding the baseball. Now, at that time, he could have totally destroyed me. But you know what he said? He said, 
it's just a baseball. I care more about you than the baseball. Now, my dad destroyed me, but, <laughs> but the, preacher, the preacher didn't. And that really stuck with me. Like, hey, you know what? This is just a building. If somebody breaks a window out, now they're probably going to get in a little bit of trouble. But it's just a building. It's just a window, right? The kids in this building mean more than the building. And we should never lose focus of that, church. So they aren't, they aren't little troublemakers. They are little troublemakers, but they're not. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, we, should, we should be so appreciative. I don't, you're never going to hear me yell, probably except for at my own son, if there's a little kid running through the sanctuary hollering after church. It's okay. It's, it's not, you know, the, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? Is the building important? No. You are the holy ground, right? We talked about that in Moses. And so we should never lose focus of that. So what I, what I want to do is I want to spend a few minutes talking about the great responsibility that we have in raising our kids and teaching them about Christ and all that he has done for us. So we see this passage in 2 Timothy and that he acknowledged how much his grandmother and his mother had an impact over his life. So Timothy, I believe with all my heart, there's a reason for that being there. Because Timothy would not be where he was if it wasn't for the instruction of faith and that, is, that his family had in his life. And so it's a huge responsibility. So how can we today have that same impact on our kids and our grandkids that they're going to follow our faith in Christ. Here's, here's the, the, the number one thing, and I loved, I told the youth this morning, that the young ladies that were teaching the class up here, I said, I leaned over Selena and said, they're totally stealing my sermon. Because one of them mentioned this. It's the first point, living this faith out. We have to live this faith out. So flip over real quick to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. James chapter 2, 14 through 18. It says this, well, I'll let you, I get ahead of myself. When I hear pages stop turning, I'll start reading. Good. Some of you need to do Bible drill. No, okay. All right, here we go. James 2, 14 through 18. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So listen, our faith, this some, our faith has to be something that's just not in word only. It can't be in just word only. Our, our children, our grandchildren, have got to see this faith every single day. It can't be a faith that's just displayed on Sunday mornings. It has to be a faith that's displayed how we live our lives and what's important to us Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday mornings happen. That comes out in an expression of gratitude and love and, and song and giving and service. right? But how we live our life is what our children are going to mimic. In fact, one of them said that this morning up here. They said, I look at my parents' example, and that's what I follow. That's how I live my life. It's how my parents live their life. Like, I thought, man, I wish they would just come up here and say that from, to, to you all from here. Because I can say it all day long, but when they say it, it means something. Your kids watch you, and they're going to watch how you live your life. 
How I talk around them should reflect my love for Christ. How I spend my finances should reflect my love for Christ. How I spend my time should reflect my love for Christ. Kids are smart. Kids are so smart. They're going to see. They are going to see if I'm not serious about Jesus. They're going to see if I'm not serious about the church. And then you know what's going to happen? They're not going to be serious about their faith. Because they're going to see that you're not. And they're they're going to follow what you do. If I want my kids to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, I have to live out my faith. I can't expect just it to happen. Every no, Nobody, I, I guarantee you, no parent in here or grandparent would pray that their child or grandchild ends up in prison for 30 years. No one's going to say that. No one's going to say that. And, and no one can, everyone will say, well, yeah, I want, my, I want my child to follow the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Then make that the most important thing in your household. Like, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's, it would be that difficult to figure out. But here's, here's the thing. I, wanna, I told you to be really practical. What are some examples of that? Help other people. Help people. Be there for people. You're living out your faith. He's used the example in James that if you see a brother or sister in need, and you just say, well, good luck. I'm praying for you. But you don't meet the need. What kind of faith is that? So it's literally like going out of your way to help your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The passage we read in Deuteronomy, talking about God's word around them. Talking about it. You know, just having them in the body. Like, I learned so much. I had a Sunday school teacher named Edna Schaefer. And she, she raised so many of us kids. She was our Sunday school teacher from like, what, first grade to sixth grade, probably, fifth grade. And she, she had all these kids. And even, I think, did Sierra have Edna? Even my oldest daughter had. had and she, this, she's a Sunday school teacher like 40 years of children. And you know, a lot of the stories from the Bible that I remember as a kid, you know where they originated? Edna Schaefer. Edna Schaefer. You can do that at home, just talking about God's Word around them. Making it a priority to be in fellowship with the local body of believers. Being in fellowship, serving, helping others. Listen, it's literally just about where you're storing up treasure. We talk about that a lot. Where you store up treasure. Now, there's some ways that you can also turn your kids completely off to the church. Here's a list. Here's some. Ways that I can turn my kids off to church. Number 10. Schedule personal or family events to conflict with church services and activities. Schedule things. Now, I'm not talking about taking vacation or going crappie fishing every once in a while. Go do that, okay? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about on a regular basis, you just fill up the schedule with stuff other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? It, I have a great example of this. The young man that is stood up here. Where are you at? Eli's back there somewhere. He's probably downstairs getting ready. Who read our passage? Me and his dad. I think Stephen's back there. Yep, there he is. Remember Stephen about three years ago when they came to us on a Sunday, on, on a Saturday? It was raining. Me and Stephen coached football together. I was the bad cop. He was the good cop, okay? <laughs> but we coached, coached youth football together. And they came to us and said, well, the field's bad. On, you can't play on Saturday. We're rescheduling the games for Sunday morning. And me and Stephen looked at one another and we said, that ain't happening. We had a whole team full of parents that said, oh, yeah, that'd be fine with us. And me and Stephen said, that ain't happening. 
no, 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 it ain't going to happen. So this is what we told the team. We said, here's the deal. There's 20 of you. If you guys want to go play on Sunday morning, that's fine. We're not going to tell you don't. Me and Steven won't be there. So somebody's going to have to step up and coach the team. Our best lineman won't be there, his son. And one of our best wide receivers won't be there. But you guys can go play. And they said, no, we won't play. Right? Steven's leadership, right, teaching his kids what was important, his leadership of that changed the whole tide. So I called the head football coach. I said, hey, here's the deal. We're not doing this. And he goes, I knew this. You know what he said? I knew this phone call was coming. I moved you to Sunday afternoon. I said, no problem. We'll be there Sunday afternoon. We went to Willard and whooped them like 40 to nothing on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Didn't we? I remember it. We hammered them, right? Now, I'm not just saying that. I just mean, like, if you schedule stuff on Sunday mornings, your kids are going to know what's important and what's not important. Number nine, don't get too close to anyone in the church. Refrain from developing relationships with Christians, lest your children learn the joy and benefits of fellowship with other believers. Don't get too close to anybody. We don't want to know anybody. We're just going to come in for an hour on Sunday morning, and then we're going to hit the door. We're not really going to develop these relationships. Listen, our relationships in here should be the most important that we have. Your brothers and sisters in Christ. No other relationship is important as that. Here's number eight. Sometimes this happens. I get it. Look often at your watch during worship and complain bitterly. Look annoyed or freaked out when church lasts longer than you think it should. Because I had other important things to do. That's what you're saying. That's, when, you, when you do that, that's what you're saying. You're saying, I have more important things to do. Number seven, tithe and financially support your church and its missions with the same enthusiasm you pay taxes. How many is looking forward to April 15th? No, right? Tax time. If that's our attitude, listen, here's, here's the deal on this. Who owns everything? Not us. What are we? We're simply managers. We are simply stewards, managers of His. So if it's His anyway, why would we not just want to give Him the best? Right? Number six, do your best to make sure the kids arrive on time to soccer lessons and school events, but don't worry if they miss or are late to church. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Number five, bring your family to church only when you A, have nothing better to do, B, you have a personal need, or C, you feel really guilty. Number four, don't volunteer for anything or make any kind of long-term commitment at the church. Remember, you've got to keep your options open to do things that are more important. Don't ever volunteer for anything. Because if you volunteer, that means we're committed and we have to do it. What are you saying? What are you saying to your kids? Number three, change churches every few years. Get upset about something and leave. Get upset and leave. Coincidentally, very rarely, if ever, can I remember a time where someone got upset about something and wanted to leave that they actually had a conversation with the elders about it. Most of the time what happens is they have a conversation with everybody else except for the people that they're upset about or with. Right? Number two, remind your kids how imperfect your church leaders are and regularly point out their mistakes. All right. I'm not even talking about me right now. I'm talking about if you constantly say, where our children's director is around your kids, your kids are going to walk into the children's department going, 
oh, our children's director is because they've heard mom and dad say it. Right? I guarantee you, if there's a perfect individual in here, please stand up. There's not one. There's not one on staff either. And your preacher's extremely not perfect. We're not at all. So here's what I would say. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. And it's okay between you and your spouse to point those out. Okay? Point the, but point them out to me when we make mistakes. Let's have a conversation about it. Don't talk bad about the staff. For every bad thing that you think of, think of three things that they did for your child that were good. And what starts to happen is you start to have a positive. And you know what? Here's the deal. If you don't, aren't happy with them, go out of your way to thank them. It's amazing what would happen when you start doing that. Right? Number one. And whatever you do, don't let church influence the way you live your life. I don't really like this one. I, I would think, and whatever you do, don't let Christ influence the way you live your life. I would say, if, if Christ isn't influencing your life, maybe you need to check whether you're a follower of Christ or not. Because when you're a follower of Christ, He influences everything in your life. I never could understand how we can separate things in our life. Like, I'm going to follow Jesus in this area, but politically I'll be here. Or I'm going to follow Jesus in this area, but... Financially, I'm going to keep that separate. Uh-uh. Jesus says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Die to what I want to live for him. Now, when you do that, what happens? That means your wants and desires are dead. And, and you're living a life for him. Now, we don't, listen, I get it. I don't do that perfectly. If you interviewed my kids this morning up here, and please don't. All right? <laughs> please don't. They would tell you, my dad doesn't do that perfectly. No one does it perfectly. So we all, everybody here, this, like I said, is a practical sermon. Ways that I can live this out more and more in my life. Right? All right, here's the second point, last point. I told you it was an abbreviated sermon today. And I read, we, we read the passage in the dedication, Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7. Pretty much all the time. I'll read it again. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. What were the words? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right? Love the Lord with all your heart. Not half of it. All your mind and all your might. What you do. Your might is what you do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Everything you have, right? And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. It's not talking about the muscle. It's talking about the inside of who you are as a person. And teach them diligently to your children. Talk of them when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Hey, if we talk to our children more about the NFL than we do about Jesus, there's a problem. Right? It should be the most important thing. And I'm preaching to myself this morning. I want you to know that. I'm not calling out individuals in here. I'm preaching to myself. I should talk to my kids more about Jesus than I do anything else. Anything else. Pretty much all the time. How do we do that? How do we live this out? How do we do this, right? Well, it can be as simple as telling your kids how much God has blessed you because of them. You start with that. That they aren't an inconvenience. That you're thankful for them. That they're a blessing to you. In doing this, you're telling your children that you love them and you're telling them, hey, God has blessed me by you. Number two, you read God's word. In our house, it's required. Every, when I say required, 
It's required. Now, Bill may think, well, that's just too rough. No, no, not really. It's required. You're going to read your Bible every day. If you don't read your Bible every day, you don't have cell phones. We don't play sports. Bible drill, it was a rule. I'm just telling you what I did. I'm not telling you you have to do this. I'm just trying to be practical this morning. You did Bible drill. If you don't do Bible drill and memorize Bible verses, we're not playing football, basketball, or baseball. So they do it because they know. Like, that's an expectation. But then you know what? Well, that's just forcing them to do it. Yeah, because my kids aren't old enough to make decisions on their own until they turn 18. Certainly not what some people in our country think our kids are old enough to decide what gender they are. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But that's what's coming out, right? No, no, no. I don't let my children make decisions on their own until they start to get 17, 18 years old. And I start turning loose of the leash. Until then, they are on a leash because God says they're my responsibility, not somebody else's. So, so it's a requirement. You're going to read your Bible. It's my house. God's going to hold me accountable for my house, not somebody else. So they're required to read their Bible every day. Set a time aside to pray for your family. Pray for your kids. Pray for your family. When you sit down to eat a meal, pray before you start stuffing your mouth full. Thank the Lord for what He's given you. See your, see your family do... Your, see, make sure your kids see that. Encourage your kids. Here's a big one. Encourage your kids to have a godly in, influence. Now when I say that, I am not talking about Jay-Z or Snoop Dogg or somebody. Because that's who kids look up to these days. Now hopefully not our kids. Not your kids. But they do. They look up celebrities. Football players, baseball players, all these... The, the, why? They put their pants on the same way as I do, as you do. Yes, they have a, a certain gift. Hopefully they're using it to further the kingdom. But your kids need to have a godly influence. Who would that be? Other strong Christians. The youth pastors. The children's minister. The children's director. The elders. Deacons. Have them look. You be the person they look up to. In fact, that's what they said this morning. I look. Every single kid up here said, I look up to my parents. I follow their example. You be the godly influence. Take time for them. Here's five. We're almost done. Serve Jesus with your families. Go out with your kids and make visits to people in the community. I remember when I was a kid, I was 13 years old. Anybody remember the great flood of 1993? St. Louis was flooded. I'm showing my age a little bit for you youngins. Younglings. You younglings. I'm showing my age for the younglings. If you were in Sunday school, you got that. If you weren't, it's okay. Uh, 1993, St. Louis is flooded. My parents said, yeah, this is where we're going on vacation this year. We're going to St. Louis where it's flooded. And I'm like, why are we going up there? Because me and my sister went with my parents to St. Louis for a summer vacation. And we spent the whole week serving with the Southern Baptist Convention disaster relief team. The whole week. That's what we did. Bag we bagged sandbags. We served meals. That's what we did. I remember that. I remember that as a kid. That's what we did during the summer. Do stuff like that. Go out and serve people. Six, share your faith with others around your kids. Instead of hiding from the Jehovah Witnesses behind your couch, invite them in. Invite them in and have a conversation with them. You say, oh, I don't know what to talk about with the Jehovah Witnesses. Then study it. Come to me. I got all sorts of materials I can give you. Right? Have a conversation. Take the youth on the outreaches. Take the kids on the outreaches. You know one thing? When I, when I set that table up at our outreaches and I'm sharing the gospel with people, my kids are seeing me do that. 
It's important that, you, that you're sharing your faith with people and your kids see that. And most importantly, one thing you, you have to share with your children is what God has done personally in your life. How he has personally worked in your life. What has God done? Your testimony. Listen, you know what you have that nobody can disagree with? Your testimony. So you share with them, hey, this is what God's done in my life. This is, this is, this is what he's done for me personally. This is how I have salvation in the Lord. This is what he's done. You tell them about that. It is the utmost importance that we teach our kids and our grandkids about our God stories. Listen, God gave us the truth to share. It is, hey, before, I t- I've told you guys this before. If I worry about this congregation and your salvation and your walk with the Lord and I neglect my children's walk, I have failed as a preacher and a father. I might as well resign and shut her down. I'm serious. Your number one priority is the people that God has placed under you. If you're a parent in here, you have people that are under you. That God has placed you and an authority figure over to teach them. That is number one. And nothing can get in the way of that. That has to be the most important thing. Listen, we have to be committed to that. You know why? Because the world is committed to leading them astray. Satan wants to take them down a path. You know what I saw yesterday? And I made a joke about it. But it's honestly pretty sad. A lot of people don't know. Me and Gary Don were there. Joel and Shelley were there. We had the Republican caucuses yesterday in Seymour. And it's not a primary this year. It's a caucus. Because certain political groups are messing with the primary part and wanting to leave people off the ballot. So we said, man, we're not going to do that. We'll just caucus. So we went to this caucus. And Savannah went. Savannah went with me and Selena. One thing I noticed is I looked around the crowd. There's not hardly any young people. There's not hardly any young people. And you know what I, I told somebody next to me? I said, yeah. Because all the young people, that, that generation, Savannah got mad at me, but I said, that, that gen, the, her, her generation, 18-year-olds, they're struggling to find out what bathroom to use. They're over at the other party. You know why? Because they've never been taught the truth. You want your kids to go down that path? Don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about right and wrong. Don't talk about His Word. You want them to be grounded? I'm not saying I've done it perfect. Please don't think this sermon's like, well, look at me. It's not. I'm a miserable failure at times as a father. If you want them to be grounded, you teach them this. You teach them the truth of this. Teach them the truth. And then you know what happens? They grow up. And when they hear that professor at college say something crazy, they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on here. I'm going to tell a story. Don't get upset with me. I'm going to tell this story. You may get upset. You can get upset with me later. Savannah's in physical therapy class. She's going through physical therapy school. And there's, she's having to learn all these muscles and all this stuff. I can't even pronounce them. She has them wrote on flashcards with like all this information on the back of them. I can't pronounce half the words. And she wants, she goes, Dad, help me study. And I'm like, how can I help you study? I don't know what this says. But she's starting to memorize this stuff. Well, somehow in class it got brought up by a professor. The professor asked the class, how many of you think that people are good. Oh, that's a softball, right? And everybody in the class, oh yeah, people are, people are good, and everyone's giving their comments, and Suze raises her hand, and, and they say, yes, yes, Susanna. And Savannah says, I don't. 
I think people are born with a sin nature. It all, all goes back to Adam and Eve. And she starts sharing that with them. And the class goes dead silent. Dead silent. And then she got people thinking. And people come up after class and her professors come up. And turns out one of them's a Christian, right? And she goes, I love it. Thank you for saying that. That's great. Listen, that's what we want. That's how the change happens. By your kids saying, whoa, 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 Mr. Professor. That's wrong. I know that there's a God. Because you can look outside and see creation. That's how it changes. But you know how they get like that? You have to instill that in them. That doesn't happen by osmosis. It happens by you teaching them God's word. And them listening to you over and over and over. Now here this morning, here's the deal. As I close this, we're going to have an invitation. So the worship team, if you would like to come up this morning. Maybe you're here this morning. Right now you recognize, man, I have made some horrible mistakes. I haven't done this. I have not done a good job at this. I haven't. I love that we serve a God that lets us make U-turns. He can let you today. You start doing it today. Whatever you know today, you start implementing in your house. And you, you can make changes that get you grounded in the, what's the most important thing. Hey, maybe you're here today and you've done everything that you possibly know to do. And your child or your grandchild, and they need Christ. And they're rejecting Him. And they're going the way of the world. You know what you can do? Humble yourself and get down here and pray for them. Pray for them. Say, God, please reach them. Pray. Keep praying for them. Don't just let it be one prayer. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. We should always be praying for our kids. Always be praying for our kids. We're also about ready to take communion. I always give this warning, folks, before we take communion. If you're not a follower of Christ, don't take communion. 1 Corinthians says you can become sick or ill or die. If you take communion by not being a follower of Christ, or if you have unconfessed, unrepentant sin in your life. So we're going to have an invitation time. You can deal with that. Let me say this morning, church, as, as the, the world gets more evil, we have got to stand for what's right and keep teaching our kids the truth. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what kind of names they come up for us, with us, bigots or whatever, homophobes, whatever they want to say, we got to keep teaching the truth of God's word. Regardless of what an outside world says. Hey, it's, it's life. It's the most important thing. It's eternity. It's eternity. If you would stand this morning, if you need to come, you can come. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning. I'm thankful again for our kids and our youth. Thankful for the leadership in this church that watches over them and teaches them and takes care of them. And uh, Lord, I, I just ask a special prayer for them this morning and all their hard work that they work with them. And God, we mess things up all the time. I mess things up all the time. So Lord, I pray this morning that if, if, we're, if, our, if, if your Holy Spirit has burdened people this morning, that maybe they need you as their Lord and Savior. They're not living out because they, they, they just don't know you. But today would be the day. Today's the day of salvation that they'd be saved. And, and, if, and if things get in the way of making you the most important things in our lives and our families, I pray, God, that we repent of that. We turn from that today and agree with you. And all we have to do is humble ourselves. Lord, if we know our kids or grandkids are lost, I pray this morning we'll get down on our knees and pray for them. Pray for them. We can't go back and change anything that we've done, but we can change today. 
and conform to you in your word. So I pray that today. In your name I pray. Amen.
on this morning, so can I have a couple of deacons also come forward this morning and help with communion, please? All right, one thing on communion this morning. We don't require you uh, to be a member uh, at Crossbridge, just that you've made a public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then uh, if you've done that, we invite you to take communion uh, with us. Also, uh, for parents, uh, it's Family Sunday. Usually the kids are sitting close to the parents. Please, uh, it, you, you know your child, whether they've made that public profession of faith or not. So the children that have, they're invited to take communion with us uh, also. Um, in the scripture passage, it's in Matthew chapter 26, and it says that Jesus had gathered with his disciples to celebrate the Passover meal. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup when he had given thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. What we're doing here this morning, church, is we're remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. That his blood, he, he spilt his blood in our place. I should have been on the cross. You should have been on the cross. But he went to it and he died for us. Because he loves us so much that he offers this free gift of salvation. So we remember that. I think it's also a time to look forward. As the days are getting more and more evil, uh, we should long, church, for our Savior to come and take us home. And so it's a time uh, to look forward to his return. He said he was going to come again, and we believe that. We, no man knows the day or the hour or the time, but we long for that. We look forward to that. So I'm going to ask Alan uh, if you would please, this morning, bless the bread. Our holy heavenly Father, we, we truly love you, Father, and we thank you so very much. So, Father, as we remember the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just thinking, and in the moment of his, his brokenness hanging on that cross, he acknowledged one beside him and said, Today you'll be with me. And Father, let us never forget that it was his body broken for us so that we might be healed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we pass it out this morning, we will take it together. So as we're passing it out this morning, just spend time uh, thanking the Lord Jesus. Make it personal. This should be a personal thing. Make it personal for what he did for you.
Jesus said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Take, eat, and eat. He took the cup, and he gave thanks. Ask Mike Estelle if you would please bless the cup this morning. Father, uh, help us uh, never forget it was Jesus' blood shed on the cross so we could have our sins forgiven, my sins forgiven, Lord. Just, uh, God, thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you, God, for bringing us into a relationship uh, with, uh, with you through your son, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and Lord, I just pray, God, you just please help us never forget uh, that he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, this is my blood, which is given, drink it all of you, this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take ye and drink. Even though Jesus knew what he was about ready to face, it says they all went out rejoicing with one another. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we close this morning. Um, we're going to close in song, and then... It's going to be about five minutes, five to ten minutes, uh, and then we're going to start the youth auction, and, uh, and then we'll have lunch with one another. So uh, let's close in song this morning. I'm going to let it shine, oh, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. about five or ten minutes.